0: they love to have a masculine man be like homophobic but secretly gay
1: yeah they love to do that they love that happy pride month everybody (laughs) happy pride month Hello, hello, hello. Happy June. Happy almost end of June, which is crazy. How did we get here so fast? It's scary that we're in the second half of the year. I can't hear that Being sentence. Being scares <laughs> me. It, it scares me to be still. Oh are you always moving? Are you- <laughs> Time is moving oh, too God. fast, and I'm I'm just along yeah. for the ride. But here we are, and yeah. – um, yeah, we have a – I was going to say we have a great film for you today, but that's not true. But um, we have a film for <laughs> we have you have today. A film for you today. <laughs> it
0: honestly was better than my expectations.
1: Mm-hmm. Was this your first time watching it?
0: No, no. I had seen it before, okay. but like a while ago. Yeah. I don't love Rob Schneider. No. Like, I don't think he's very funny. Me neither. <laughs> he really relies on being like – a weird looking guy and yeah. doing like a faux Adam Sandler. It's like Adam Sandler light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, let's just get yeah. into it. But <laughs> so today we're doing <laughs> 2002's The Hot Trick. Obviously, I just said Schneider, but we also have everyone whose name I, I simply don't remember anyone's name. <laughs> Rachel names McAdams, ever. Anna yeah. Ferris. Yes. There's cameos from Tia and Tamara Mowry and Michelle Branch, which is so funny. And
1: Ashley Simpson. <laughs> yeah.
0: They just got a lot of people for this movie. Mm-hmm. And it really does like visually encapsulate the early 2000s very well. Mm hmm. It surprisingly did pretty well in the box office. Yeah, let's throw some numbers out there. Yeah, the numbers, baby. $34 million budget, $54.6 million in the box office. Pretty decent. So they made a return. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was directed by Tom Brady, not the football star.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, And it was also written by Tom Brady and Rob Schneider. So Mm – I mean, he was behind this.
1: <laughs> he it was, was the, his
0: fault. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's his problem. Yeah, it um did not get good reviews at all. Not surprising. It also
0: opened at number 5 like that weekend in the box office. So like not like wow,
1: it's like top of the chart. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I pulled this quote from Wikipedia, both Roger Ebert and Richard Roper panned the film. And Roger Ebert gave the film half a star out of a possible four, declaring the MPAA rates this PG-13. It is too vulgar for anyone under 13 and too dumb for anyone over 13. And Roper's review just said, it's in color and it was mostly in focus. Damn. (laughs) Damn. Pretty brutal. Yeah. I did watch this movie when I was a child, which is crazy. I don't know why my parents let me watch this. I guess if you <laughs> don't know,
0: th- like at that point, you're probably like, I don't even know what yeah. a penis is. So it, it probably went right over your head. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I did watch this movie when I was under 13. And I remember liking it when I was a kid. And Heidi. I know. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it also, it was shot at University High School in LA, which was actually used for like a lot of different film shoots, like it's in Bruce Almighty, Seventh Heaven, and Lizzie McGuire. And I found this in an article about the school from like 2003, talking about how amidst all of the budget cuts and stuff like that, more and more schools are like opening up to film wow. shoots and stuff because not only do they get paid for it obviously but often they'll like donate the set pieces to the school so they get like extra furniture and stuff like that um, but this school in particular because it was like so popular for film shoots one of the gripes that like film crews always had was that the palm trees outside made it look like distinctly west coast so they got rid mm. of the palm trees so that they could also pass for like an east coast school
0: wow i mean this yeah. movie takes place technically in the in
1: california
0: so yes. i don't even yeah. know how fruitful that was for them but yeah cut down some trees why don't you yeah
1: <laughs> get that movie money in there
0: baby ka-ching, ka-ching <laughs> Bling, bling 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 yeah. um i did find this comment very interesting this is from rob schneider he said No man is 100% masculine and no woman is 100% feminine. We're all just somewhere on the scale there. So, what I tried to do was just play it with an innocence and gentleness and then find some physical keys to lock in on. And I'm like, that's a surprisingly intellectual read for someone who like wrote this film. Like, you wrote it. Like, what do you mean find some keys to lock in on? You wrote it. You knew what you were doing the whole time.
1: Oh my God. We'll get into
0: it, but. I do feel like some parts surprised me in a nice way. Yeah. Like the rhetoric around some of the like queer codedness of the movie. Mm-hmm. Really funny that we're doing this for Pride Month. I know. Like, it it, it wasn't a pr- – <laughs> We're not like, oh, found the great Pride <laughs> Month movie, the hot chick. Let's yeah. do it. It was just like a coincidence that we picked it this month.
1: <laughs> no, we were, we were saying before we started recording that like this movie was way less transphobic than I had anticipated. Oh, yeah. What I wasn't expecting is how incredibly racist it is. So racist. Holy shit. And we'll we'll get into it. But before we do, uh, we just want to remind you that out on Patreon this month is Bend It Like Beckham, a far superior Pride Month pick, I would say. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had so much fun recording that. So if you're interested
0: head on over, check it out. Yes, you can also sign up for Patreon. If you haven't done so already, you want to join the Sleepover Squad there. You can chat on Discord. We have some fun perks for you. And we also might have an extra bonus episode this month. So stay tuned.
1: Stay tuned. Shall we head right into it? Let's head right into it. (laughs) Nice. so, so disgusting. <laughs> so somehow we start. <laughs> Already fucking jaded. Somehow we start this movie in Abyssinia 50 B.C. Sure. Sure. We, <laughs> we see. Princess- we got to find a mystical time.
0: <laughs> we got to get some stupid Lauren.
1: Mm hmm. We see uh, Princess Nawa who is looking at her future arranged marriage husband in disgust as he is like eating a-, a drumstick or something. And that's when she sees her servant girl like sneak through the crowd with a package for her. So mm. Princess Nawa meets up with her servant and this girl presents her with a pair of enchanted earrings And Nawa has, like, the servant girl put one on and, like, her wedding dress. And she's like, soon you'll live your life in jewels, not in chains. And, like, each girl puts on an earring. It does some body swap magic. Yeah. And the servant girl takes Nawa's place in the marriage. So that's the opening for this film. And like,
0: just for clarification, the girl isn't like, yes, she's like being no. taken by some guard and she looks like horrified.
1: Yeah. And now she has to marry this disgusting man.
0: Yeah. We cut to 2002, present day. Jessica Spencer, played by Rachel McAdams, is on the top of the pyramid and they're like, go honeybees, go honeybees. Woo. Woo. <laughs> And after their routine, she goes over to Hildenberg, who is dressed up in the rival school's cheer uniform, the foxes. And she's like, this year's theme is unity. Like, go out there. It's unity for all cheerleaders. So Hildenberg goes out onto the court, and everyone just boos her. They throw toilet paper, and one person literally throws a toilet seat, which knocks her to the ground. So – She's cruel. Yeah. Jessica's like incredibly cruel.
1: We then immediately cut to later on in the day in class and Jessica and her BFF, April, played by the incredible Anna Ferris. Love her. Arguably the best part of this movie. Oh, yeah. Not arguably. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed best part of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're doing their little like clapping chanting game, which is, boys are cheats and liars. They're, they're such, such a, a big, big disgrace. disgrace. They will tell you anything to to get get to second. second.
0: Baseball, baseball, Baseball. he thinks he's going to score. score. If If you let let him go all the way, way, then you are a a whore
1: to culture culture studies. studies (laughs) Which is, you know, iconic, iconic in its own right. Yeah. And that's when Keisha, who's like another member of this girl group, comes into class where she meets up with her other friends, Tia and Tamara, a.k.a. Sissy and Venetia. Yeah, what the hell? But I don't think their names are ever said
0: in this movie. They really came in for a cameo and said, gotta get back to, you know, doing
1: other shit. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> gotta, gotta get back to set. So they compliment her outfit before Keisha's mother comes in. This is just kind of like – well, I guess this is now the second display of racism that we've we've seen in this film so far, and we're about four minutes in. Yeah. But there's an incredibly racist portrayal of Keisha's Korean mother, and mm-hmm. she comes in, calls Keisha Ling Ling, and she's like, oh, you forgot your lunch. And for some reason, despite this woman being Korean, they put her in a chi-pao, which is a Chinese dress. Like, it's a traditionally Chinese dress, so yeah. anyways – Sissy and Venetia, they make fun of Heisha's Korean name, Langling. And Heisha walks over to her seat and she's like, Out of all the Korean liquor stores, why did my dad have to walk into that one? And she also
0: brings her lunch of like it's like multiple things. She's like, I packed this and I made this. Yeah, it's like bulgogi and kimchi and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like delicious. Yeah. I'm like, give me that lunch. Yeah. I will say, as like I'm not Asian, right? But mm-hmm. I've had lunch before that was like, you know, cultural food mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh my God, I hope this doesn't smell. And like, I know other people have yeah. had that experience. <laughs> Josh has had that experience before mm-hmm. too, where it's like, and that's definitely because other people are like rude. Yeah. It's not, you know, but this is like a whole thing that it becomes like mm. Heisha, aka Lingling, Ling, is like. Incredibly embarrassed yeah. by her Asian side, and she wants to fit in with the other Black students. Yeah. Which is so like, I'm just like, why did you even include this storyline?
1: It's so, it's such a weird addition to this film because they don't, don't do anything done well. with it. Yeah. It's, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't feel like it necessarily relates or contributes to the main themes of this movie i don't know it's weird the
0: only thing that i can see and this me doing some like mental gymnastics is like we all need to accept ourselves completely but if you were gonna do that like why did you make this like super racist portrayal of her mom
1: yeah the mom is supposed to be the butt of the joke and every time yeah yeah, it's incredibly disappointing
0: So we go to class part two where (laughs) the teacher is returning everyone's papers on the Salem witch trials and we see this goth girl named Eden in class. She is the only one who got an A. And Jessica's like, that's not fair because Eden was the only one who was actually there. And the whole class laughs. But Eden starts speaking in Latin. She's like, omnia paratus. And, like, puts a fucking
1: hex on Jessica. Love that the the Latin phrase you went to is an omnia paratus. I don't even know, dude.
0: I took Latin for four years
1: and that's wow. the best I could come up with. Isn't that so sad? Yeah, just a, a humble Gilmore Girls <laughs> reference.
0: <laughs> I didn't even remember that. It was from Gilmore Girls. I was like, is it Harry Potter? It's how messed up my brain is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's from the Life and Death Brigade. Yeah. <laughs> so Jessica goes to see Vice Principal Bernard. I don't know why they made this woman the vice principal. We don't ever see the actual principal. but I always feel like <laughs> the vice principal is the one who has to like deal with the shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, my dad was a vice principal at my school. They were called yeah. like deputy principals. And there was, I think two of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: so there's the principal and then the deputy and my dad handled like the like the curriculum side of things and kind of like all the ib regulations and stuff like that and then the other deputy principal was there for like discipline so if you got like detention or something you would have to go and sit in this like little room that was attached to his office with like a window into it so everybody uh, walking by in the hallway would see if God. you had like detention um yeah <laughs> so, did you ever get detention uh no I never got detention in that room like sometimes like you would get detention from your teachers if you like didn't do your homework or stuff like something like that so I think I got wow. detention like twice for French class because I didn't do my homework because mm-hmm. I hated French class but that was just like during lunch you would just have to go and like do the homework that you didn't do and then hand it in but I never got I never had to sit in the little room that sounds like humiliating yeah yeah no that's that's what it was for um one time I did get my phone taken off of me by this guy and it was honestly like such a dick move because I was waiting outside my homeroom and like our teacher had not yet like come to unlock the door and it was like past time when we should have been let in like it was past nine o'clock the school day has started and we're still locked out and I'm like open my bag just to like click my phone to check the time and he happened to be walking by and saw like inside my bag that my phone was on and so he confiscated it from me and then to double down on doing a dick move when I went at the end of the day to his office to collect my phone he was like I already gave it to your dad what a bitch an absolute dick move um so then I had to go to my dad he's like why did you get your phone taken away and I explained it and he was like that's fine like you're, you're It's not your fault <laughs> cuz
0: like you're not a bad kid I at just, all I know I'm
1: like you're just being an <laughs> asshole and like you know who my yeah. dad is and you just want to like I don't know pull some kind of weird power move right right and be like you look at your kid they're m- fucked up he had such yeah. a power thing like yeah <laughs>
0: very like um Christy Carlson Romano and Cadet Kelly Yeah exactly
1: Are you going to tell your
0: dad Mhm yeah I know he's the commodore
1: Yeah it was Wow. It was a time. Anyways, so back to this film Vice Principal Bernard. She commends Jessica on her pep rally performance this morning. She's like, "Oh, you got that whole crowd whipped up." And Jessica's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, Principal Bernard, like I think that you must have gotten the whole crowd whipped up back when you were cheer captain." And she's like, "Oh my god, who me? No, I was in the honor oh. band. I was head tuba." And Jessica's like, "Wow, that's amazing. Um I was wondering if you could write us some passes." from class so that we can like practice our moves you know that trophy is going to look so good in your office and bernard is like oh all right jessica oh you girls (laughs) you girls you keep me young yeah (laughs) so where do they go
0: the mall of course Mm -hmm. and i love how every time we cut to them driving she's in this gorgeous little volkswagen convertible yeah a little vw bug uh the way i wanted a vw bug Same. as like a teenager unreal yeah i don't know why it was like
1: the it was the, the car. girls car of choice but mm-hmm. punch buggies are for the girlies <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: yeah let me tell you i remember once even going to like the car dealership mm-hmm. and my mom was like ah oh, you'd look so cute in like a bug like let's just go in and take a look at them and like i said and i was like ah oh, that yeah. was like my dream car which is so stupid because now that i know like a bit more about cars everyone's like yeah those cars like are not good right. like for longevity <laughs> yeah. like for what you're paying for but yeah i'd fucking buy one anyways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're driving to the mall and we got a sing along moment in the car they're singing that's what girls do and they go get some milkshakes at the mall and jessica like licks the whipped cream on top, and she's like, hmm, how much do I owe you? (laughs) It's okay, it's on the house. Really? Thanks. (laughs) Just the best TikTok sound. Yeah. When the girlies are like, how much do I owe you? Looks in purse, one mint. (laughs) (laughs) It's on the house. One lone piece (laughs) of salami. Really? Yeah. (laughs) We should totally do that trend, but like have – A little like Y2K like lip gloss or something. Oh yeah, all of our Claire's merch in there. (laughs) Yeah, all of our Claire's shit. So then they go off with their free milkshakes and the cashier just immediately gets fucking blasted for giving (laughs) them free shit and has to empty the tip jar to pay for the drinks that he gave them.
1: Which we learn later on that for these four drinks it's like eight dollars. And I'm like, God.
0: Oh my god. I miss those
1: prices. (laughs)
0: I remember when coffee was, like, a couple bucks yeah. like to get, like, a weird little frappuccino, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm.
1: So we then go into, like, a little clothing store, and April is just minding her business trying to eat a snowball when Jessica grabs it out of her hand, and she's like, oh, my God, this is going to go straight to your ass. Classic 2003 eating disorder core and then right. it takes a bite for herself. And that's when the girls notice Bianca, who is like the head cheerleader from their rival school and her little friends. And, you know, the girls approach each other and Bianca tells Jessica, she looks great. Are you doing something different or just hanging out with skankier friends? <gasps> oh my God. And then Jessica says, Oh, you look good too. Are you eating less or barfing more? And then Ashley Simpson Yeah, what the hell? She just goes, barfing more. And I think that's her only line in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... Does
0: she say anything later at the prom? She says, ah.
1: Yeah, she says, ah. And I think she says, thank you, when he says that dress looks great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's it. But basically after this interaction, Bianca and Jessica hug each other. They wish each other luck at the cheer competition. Fake, fake, fake. And while they're doing this stupid hug, Jessica slips a thong from the store into her bag.
0: Yeah. So when
1: Bianca and her friends leave, the alarms go off. And the way she gets her shit absolutely rocked by these two security guards who tackle this child, let us not forget. Then as they're like dragging her away, they're like, let's go, Winona
0: yeah <laughs> there's a lot of insanely violent physical comedy in this movie yeah and it plays on the fact that it's like funny to see a woman fight or get a like have a woman be beat up
1: yeah have a woman be like thrown against a wall thrown right. on the ground yeah there's a lot of that in here and i'm like it's so i'm like you should look weird. a little deeper into why right. you're constantly why you writing love seeing that. yeah Definitely. I like. I mean, we'll talk about it at the end, but I just I have to wonder what the target audience is for this film,
0: right? Like, is it woman or is it like men making fun of chick flicks? Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like a parody or like sincere and yeah, because it it's yeah, certainly weird.
1: not my brand of humor.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there were parts of it that I liked, mm-hmm. but like other parts that I was like, this is fucking disturbing. Yeah. Or, Racist, for sure. Um, but I was just going to say, really quick, one of the girls in Jessica's posse, Lulu, mm-hmm. she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. The redhead actually plays the former. Um, oh yes, pageant that's winner, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexandra Holden. Mm-hmm. So back to the mall. The girls are about to go down the escalator when Jessica sees a store called Mambuza.
1: We never hear hear anybody pronounce it or say it. Yeah.
0: And it's filled with treasures from the ancient world and scented candles. So they go into this store, which I feel like every mall in the early 2000s had one of these stores where it was like world gifts and it had like swords and like crystals (laughs) and shit. Um So they take a look at the store when Adam Sandler in fucking Dreads comes over and is like telling them about these artifacts. He's like, oh, yeah, that was the prison where Nelson Mandela stayed for 27 years before he was released and made the president of South Africa. Yeah, pretty crazy. And you can store your weed
1: in here hmm Apparently, this is, like, based off of an SNL character that he did that was always like, "And you can put your weed in here. Yeah. So that's why that's in here. <laughs> and also, I think he produced this movie or something. Yeah, I think yeah. so.
0: I think so. So he does that a couple of times. And later on, like, in a different part of the story, Keisha's like, wow, this store makes me so proud to be African-American. And the cashier smiles at her. And then Keisha's mom runs in and she's like, oh, you walked right by my nail salon and you didn't even say hi. Again, like super racist. Yeah. I'm sure this actor doesn't even have this accent. But the cashier then like shakes her head. And I'm also like, so it's not just her being like embarrassed. It's also that people are upset that she's like, I don't know if they're upset that that she's co-opting being Black, which she also is, or if they're upset that she's half Asian. Like, it's a really weird framing.
1: It's also, it's just such a, it's such like a nuanced real-life issue. Like, there's obviously a lot, especially at this time, after kind of, like, the late 90s, there's been, like, a lot of tension between Black communities and Asian communities and, like... yeah for example like the murder of latasha harlins like was a big catalyst for a lot of that discourse and to just have it kind of like thrown in here very casually feels like so weird because it's like a big nuanced issue definitely um of like tension between these two communities and also there's a lot of nuances in being like a mixed race individual and it yeah, it just feels so weird that they're just like throwing it in here and being like, ha.
0: Yeah. Very <laughs> weird framing. I don't know what I'm supposed to get from that. Mm-hmm. Then Jessica comes across this box, and it's the same box as the beginning of the movie with the enchanted earrings, and she pulls them out as Adam Sandler is just going sicko mode on some drums, like so. We get this like you know, racist drum roll as she opens up the Egyptian box. Yeah. She opens up this box and looks at the earrings and says she has to have these to wear at prom. She'll be the envy of every girl. But the cashier is like, this is a genuine artifact. It is not for sale. So while she turns around for like a millisecond, Jessica snags the earrings and puts them in a box from the sale section. And she's like, "I'll take these, please." She's a thief. She's a thief. I mean, would it be two thousand two <laughs> if there wasn't any shoplifting in the mall scene?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is our second second uh, instance of shoplifting. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like trendy and fun to
0: shoplift in two thousand two.
1: Really? Oh my gosh! I feel like that
0: from every like movie I've ever seen from this time period.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there was that Lizzie McGuire. Uh, episode where it's like did Miranda shoplift the lipstick do you remember that
0: not off the dome
1: no oh my gosh I watched it like fairly recently but basically like they go to the mall and Miranda gets accused of like stealing this lip gloss and she's like no I bought it here last week and then Lizzie's like well I don't remember you buying it like do you have a receipt and she's like no I don't have the receipt I can't remember in the end if she did steal it or not but it was a whole storyline, and they were very worried about Miranda going down a bad path <laughs> of stealing oh my God. web was. <laughs> oh, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. So we then cut over to a brand new character, which is Clive Maxstone, Stone, a.k.a. Rob Schneider himself, who is just a guy trying to rob a gas station he has literally put duct tape over the cashier's mouth and tied he him up. He wrapped that guy yeah. up. Yeah. And he's going through the register, but there's only $18. And the guy's like, it's a gas station. Everyone pays the credit cards now, but you can help yourself to some nachos. So Clive fills up his bag with chips and just like fucking dumps the cheese right in there, which is crazy. That grossed me out. Yeah. Oh, fucking give me the ick, dude. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jessica and her friends, they drive up to the gas station, like, waiting at the pump for service. Clive steals all the donation money and all the scratcher tickets. And Jessica just keeps, like, driving over the little, like, bell sensor over and over again because nobody has come to serve them yet. As that's happening, Clive, what's he doing? Chugging slushy straight from the nozzle, uh, yum, giving yum. himself an immediate brain freeze. Like an idiot. And, <laughs> i was gonna
0: say a tummy ache <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah he does that
1: and while they're waiting jessica tries on one of her new earrings clive tries to like leave the gas station but jessica thinks he works there and she's like um the cap is on the other side go pump my gas and like check I'm under like, the what hood what is this new jersey <laughs> so like he then goes to check under the hood and because jessica is a little bit of an asshole uh she decides to honk the horn right in his face not once but twice so he hits (laughs) his head on the hood of the car and as the girls drive off hee hee heeing clive notices one of jessica's earrings on the ground so he snatches it up before running off so Jessica gets home, and she notices the
0: basketball sitting in the driveway, and she picks it up, literally fully mini skirt and heels, and she does just a free throw with her signature popping of the foot, a la yes, Princess Diaries. Yeah. yeah. And then she goes up to her room where her brother, literally called Booger, like That's his parents call him His government booger. name is Booger. Are you freaking kidding?
1: Like, his parents call him that. I went to Wikipedia. It is what his character is called. He's called Booker Spencer. There you go. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) Okay. And he is, like, wearing her bra. And he's like, I'm not wearing it. I'm simply holding it up to my body. And then she notices his black eye, like – he's been getting bullied. She's like, oh, is it that Kavanaugh kid again? So Jessica sits him down to dab some cover up on the bruise and says one of these days that bully is going to get what's coming to him. So Jessica then notices that Booger is wearing her lipstick and he gives her an air kiss before running out. So this comes back later, but mm-hmm. like, he is clearly interested in either, like, wearing women's clothing or, like, dressing up. We don't know if he's, like – because also, it says 2002. We don't know if right. he's trans, if he's just into drag, if mm. he's just, like, experimenting with whatever. Like, mm. but he's definitely enjoying himself. Yeah. And she seems to be, like, okay with – like, she's not, like – oh my god take that off she's more of like stop going through my
1: stuff yeah it's more like stop touching my things but yeah and like they do seem to have like a good relationship this is kind of the first time we see jessica express any sort of like empathy or care for another character yeah she really does seem to care about her family as we see definitely So later that night, Jessica is in her room when who drives up but her boyfriend, Billy, played by Matthew Lawrence. The way I had a fucking crush on Matthew Lawrence growing up,
0: dude. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? The Lawrence brothers. I thought they
1: were so incredibly hot. Yeah, no, my, my love for Matthew Lawrence definitely started in Mrs. Doubtfire. I had such a crush on him when I was a kid. I'm thinking
0: of what movie is it? Where he has to go live on like a farm and his brother's like a rancher. I have no idea. We'll get back to it. I'll find it. I'll find it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that there was some like drama with Matthew Lawrence fairly recently because he was with Cheryl Burke from Dancing with the Stars. They were like married. And then they got divorced and then now he's with Chili from TLC and apparently they had like a very, very long friendship and it's like implied that he cheated on Cheryl. I think she like even talked about it in the press or whatever. So yeah, I remember wow. there was some drama about that fairly recently. Oh, it's
0: Cheryl Burke from Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Dang. Yeah. So anyways, we have Mr. Lawrence, Billy, and he honks his horn outside of Jessica's house and then he like mimes putting a bunch of like little kisses in a bag and throwing them to her and she mimes like catching it and then she does her little kisses and shoots them at him with an arrow and he catches it. So she then climbs, you know, across her roof down a tree to meet up with him and they like make out for a little bit and then she starts kissing his neck and this Guy is literally about to fucking bust a nut in outside of her house. And he's like, Oh my god, when you do that, my whole leg tingles and shakes, and she's like, Oh, what happens if I kiss you here? And she kisses his Adam's apple, and he's like, Oh my god. <laughs> so <laughs> he then is like, come snowboarding with me this weekend. And she's like, silly Billy Nilly, I told you I'm not having sex with you. Alrighty. Which it just like Okay, so he says that he's not asking for that. They can just sip hot cocoa and play Scrabble with his little brother. And she's like, I don't know. I don't care what you call it. I'm not doing it. And, you know, it's really important to me. And when that special moment happens, I want it to be perfect. And he says, I would never dream of rushing you. But then he, like, lunges at her to kiss her, like, so fast And so she stops him and she's like, thank you so much for not rushing me. And he says, if she changes her mind, they can still go north this weekend. I'll wait behind for you. And she says, front, behind, I'm still not doing it. And then gives him one last kiss and wishes him goodnight as she climbs back up the tree. And he's just like, oh, man. It's just the most, like, stereotypical, like, Horned dog, teenage yeah. boy, and girl who couldn't possibly ever have a sexual urge. It's um really weird
0: that they frame his introduction like this yeah. because later on we're expected to believe that he's deeply in love with her, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, I would have preferred that storyline that we get later yeah. but just in the introduction of him because then it makes it seem weird that he's being... Like, he does seem like he's just interested in sex in this moment. Right. So I'm like, why would you frame it like that if he actually loves
1: her? Yeah, like, Billy like, is actually a, seems to be, he's like, a, a, a very really nice good guy. guy. Yeah. And they frame it as he's like, come on, babe. Yeah. Also, I did find
0: out what movie I was talking about. Mm. It's Horse Sense, which is a Disney Channel original oh my movie. Oh, gosh. He's in it with his brother, Andrew Lawrence. And wait he's Andrew Lawrence no 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 he's Joey Lawrence right well this is this is Matthew Lawrence oh my god they look <laughs> so similar because I was like shit. I'm
1: looking at Matthew Lawrence's filmography on Wikipedia and I don't see horse yeah he's sense not in anywhere. horse sense I'm thinking of his older brother I think he's his older brother Joey Lawrence
0: yeah Joey Lawrence is like the
1: one from Melissa and Joey right
0: Okay, yeah. so this movie is Horse Sense with Joey Lawrence and Andrew Lawrence. All I'm saying is the Lawrence brothers, gotta <laughs> love them.
1: Yeah, they they could get it. I have to look up what Andrew Lawrence looks like. He's uh not as attractive. The resemblance is there, but the, it, he's lacking the it factor a little bit, but mm-hmm. alas. But
0: all three of them are in Jumping Ship, mm. the 2001 movie. I think that they have a podcast now, actually. I think that they do, yeah. 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 But, yes. So we have that scene, which, in my opinion, should have been better. Yep. Um <laughs> Later on, Jessica's on the phone with April, and they're talking about how her and Billy are like a fairy tale. And Jessica's like, it's scary sometimes. Like, I didn't <laughs> – it scares me. <laughs> to be perfect. <laughs> to be this perfect, yeah. She's like, I, don't- I just don't know what I'd do if things weren't so perfect. Meanwhile, Clive is going through his bag and, like, I just can't stop thinking about this moment where he takes out a dollar bill covered in nacho cheese (laughs) and, like, licks it. And it just, again, the ick is – it makes me want to gag. So he finds the earring, though, that he picked up when Jessica drove off and puts it on, falls asleep. And Jessica also goes to sleep still wearing the other earring. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Yeah, so you know what happens. We got some body swap magic. Jessica wakes up in her bed, but oh my gosh, she is in Clive's body. So she like kisses the photo of her and Billy before going to the bathroom to pee, only to realize things looking a little different down there. So she yeah. screams at her reflection in the mirror her mom knocks on the door. Her mom, played by Melora Hardin. Oh my gosh. Jan Levinson-Gould. Yeah, I was like, she looks a lot like Rachel McAdams. Yeah, well, they're only 11 years apart, which is crazy. Rachel McAdams um, just fucking <laughs> perpetually looks like a teenager. Yeah, just drinking from the fountain of youth. I think she's 26 or 27 in this. What the fuck? Because this is the year before. This is was it 2002? Yeah. Well it comes out in 2002, yeah. so I guess. So shot they shot it, yeah, they shot it like a year before like 2 years before me and Girls*. so she yeah, she would have been like 25 26ish. Wow. Yeah. Someone give me my big break playing a high schooler. Right. Put me on the CW. I'll say any ridiculous dialogue you want me to. Put me in a high school classroom and I'll do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Yes, Melora Hardin, Mrs. Spencer, knocks on the door asking if Jessica's all right. And Jessica puts on a high voice and says, I just saw a spider, that's all. So, freaking out, Jessica calls April but gets her machine. And she's just like losing her mind at her disgusting reflection. And so she just puts on a tube top, no pants for some reason, and starts. Yeah, she's in her like little sleep shorts. (laughs) Yeah. Starts, like, walking across her roof. She peeks in her parents' bedroom to see her dad laying out his clothes for the day. So she sneaks in and grabs them. Goes downstairs and uses a newspaper to hide her face from Booker. Because Booker thinks it's his dad. And Booker asks if he can have this cake for breakfast. And Jessica's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And leaves. And that's when the actual Mr. Spencer comes in. And he's like, "Booger, what the hell are you doing eating my boss's birthday cake? I ay. Oh my. Love the comedy
0: of the child just digging into the cake. That that one never gets old.
1: Yeah. That classic is- classic kid going fist first into a cake and just smearing it all over his face. Yes, ma'am. So
0: Clive wakes up in Jessica's body and goes to pee, and he's like, Where's my dick? Amazing. Wow. <laughs> So we go to school and April gets a call from Jessica through the payphone. And April is like, oh, like my phone is ringing, just like shirks down in her seat and answers it like as if no one would notice. (laughs) Can't do that at my school,
1: clearly. (laughs) Clearly.
0: (laughs) But Jessica's like, meet me after class by the track. And April's like, oh, do you have a cold? Like your voice sounds bad. The cheer competition is only a week away. And Jessica's like... We may have bigger problems. So after class, April goes to the bleachers. She's eating a snowball waiting for Jessica. When she starts hearing someone call her name, and it is Jessica, but in Clive's body, she emerges from the bleachers below.
1: Why? I don't know. Like just walk up there like a normal person. Like a
0: normal person, no alarms. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, April's freaked out, and she threatens to pepper spray him, but she has this keychain of so many things, just, like, very, like, like the pom-pom and the, mm, the keys for the thing. The little and little teddy your, bear. Exactly. Just as big as her bag. And yeah. she's like, I have pepper spray, I have pepper spray. This strange man is just like, April, I need you so bad right now. And then she tries to tell her that it's Jessica. She's like, I'm in here. But April is freaking out. And she's like, What did you do with Jessica?
1: Because <laughs> obviously it sounds like he ate her. <laughs> He's like, Right, or like
0: I, killed her. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. So Jessica starts crying and tells April that she woke up like this. And she like knocks her snowball out of her hand and she's like, What did I tell you? They'll go straight to your ass. April like moves away and says people will be looking for her and Jessica tries to get her to believe her but April finds her pepper spray finally and sprays Jessica who goes just tumbling down the bleachers just bonking
1: Mm -hmm.
0: her head just so many times the loudest
1: head smacking sound you've ever heard like that would kill someone a head cracked
0: open on the concrete So April starts to run, but Jessica asks April if she remembers in second grade when she moved here from Arkansas and everyone threw rocks at her because of her accent and her two front teeth were brown and she was her only friend. And she gave her that locket when her grandma was sick and said they'd be bestest friends forever. And she like touches her locket and April approaches Jessica and they do their like baseball, baseball, he thinks he's going to score. And April finally believes it's her best friend, Jessica. So the bell rings and April gives Jessica her keys and tells her to go to her house and wait for her in her room so that they can figure this out later.
1: Yeah. So – we go to April's house. Jessica is spraying herself with 8 million bottles of deodorant. Like, we see a trash can full of them. I'm like, just take a shower. Yeah. I'm
0: like, <laughs> what? The bathroom is where you're in the bathroom. Yeah.
1: April also has called Jessica's mom to tell her that she's going on the ski trip with Billy's family. So that buys them the weekend to figure this out. We see Jessica use a nose trimmer and just goes to town on her nose and ears. And she says, I've got hair everywhere in my nose, in my ears, on my chin. I'm afraid to look anywhere else. It's like I'm an ad for hair. What a bad line. (laughs) Yeah, the response to this is April puts hot wax on Jessica's chin and uh, pulls a strip off of it, which would take someone's skin off. Like, I don't think you're supposed to put that wax in particular on your face yeah i don't know i feel like you would need a gentler wax for your face
0: yeah i would assume so like there's usually wax for the face and
1: for our bikini line yeah they're two different yeah. <laughs> two different things and so jessica screams and like grunts which april's mom hears and this begins a whole adventure for april's mother
0: yeah a whole uh <laughs> What is it called? Like a cat and mouse chase? Mm -hmm. A rooster chase? Yeah. A spiral, if you will. A downward spiral for her Mm -hmm. mom. So later on, Jessica is plucking her eyebrows, and April asks about her penis. And Jessica's appalled. She's like, you don't really understand the gravity of the situation here. And April's like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, it's not every day your best friend grows a dick. And... (laughs) She's like, please, let me see it. So Jessica gives in, and April is like, nice, nice. You know, I've only seen a couple, but that's definitely top five. And Jessica's like, how many have you seen? And she's like, five. (laughs) So Jessica then starts snapping April with a towel around the room and – She ends up stubbing her toe and just, like, yelling motherfucker in the deep-ass Clive voice, which Mm -hmm. obviously April's mom hears. And she goes to her husband. She's like, I'm concerned about April's hormonal development. Like, I saw that she ate a bunch of stuff and, like, a whole thing of ice cream. And look at her soap, which is just, you know, covered in coarse black hair Mm -hmm. from Clive. And (laughs) April's dad is, like... You need more things to fill out your day. Mm. Meanwhile, she's going, like, very much like Charlie in It's Always Sunny when he has right. the
1: board. And he's <laughs> like,
0: and I and I went to the thing and the mail went here
1: and da-da-da. Mm. Yeah. Another one of my issues with this – well, an issue of many with this movie <laughs> yeah. is that – the character of Jessica as played by Rachel McAdams and the character of Jessica as played by Rob Schneider are two completely different people. And I'm like, Rob, did you even speak to Rachel McAdams to get a sense of, like, how this character even talks or behaves? Because they're not the same at all. Yeah. I feel like they're – yeah. Like, he's yeah. doing a caricature.
0: Of just, like, a A teenage, a teenage girl. girl. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: So we then go to Billy, who's on his ski trip with his family, and he gets a phone call from Jessica. But of course, on his end of the phone, all he can hear is a man's heavy breathing and crying. Yeah. And Billy thinks he's being pranked, and Jessica just goes, I should have made love to you when I had the chance. And this line caught me so off guard. I was like, oh my god. Billy then just goes... Father Mulcahy? And then we cut away. And like, what a dark, dark joke to put in there.
0: Yeah, pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, April wakes up to Jessica. She's like, tell me I'm beautiful. And April says, on the inside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they all meet up at the mall. And Lulu and Keisha are there. And she's like, "Um, Jessica's going to be a little late. And they're like, oh, what? Is she only going to make us wait an hour this time? Do you remember how she was in the bathroom at Six Flags and we missed the bus home? Our parents had to drive three hours to pick us up. And then
1: Jessica in Clive form just comes over and she's like, I got my period, okay? So we cut to back at April's house, Jessica showing Lulu and Keisha her dick And they're all like, hee hee, oh my god. And then Jessica says, now that everyone's up to speed, can we please get a plan going? So April asks, what could have caused this? And Lulu says, maybe it wasn't an accident. It must be somebody who hates Jessica who did this to her. Mm -hmm. And Jessica is confused because nobody hates her. And the girls have to be like, who's going to tell her? So, Oops. April tells Jessica since she is so beautiful and so perfect, some people might misconstrue some of the mean and hurtful things that she does to them. While they, they are funny, but <laughs> people tend to focus more on their own public humiliation and shame. Yeah. Which is very succinct, I would say. <laughs> and Jessica just goes, So, you're saying people think I'm perfect? Dear God, Jessica. Mm-hmm and keisha suggests that they make a list of all the people who hate jessica and lulu says a shorter miss list might be the people who don't hate jessica and that's when jessica throws a pillow at her and we have this whole pillow fight that ensues and they're all hee-heeing away until <laughs> again the violence against women in this movie they decide so to have crazy. rob schneider just smack the shit out of all of these women they go flying Hitting the walls, like making dents like in the dense walls. Dents in the
0: wall, yeah. And they
1: all get hit so hard that they go unconscious. Yeah. Hilarious. That's the funny <laughs> joke. They're dead <laughs> uh-huh. from the pillow fight. A man just threw some teenage girls against a wall. I'm wondering
0: if it's like to show that she doesn't know her own strength as a man, but the comedy is them flying into the wall, which is like not funny. no. Yeah. So in the morning, Jessica goes back to her house and tries to sneak back in when she runs into her father in the front yard, who thinks that he's the gardener service
1: that was sent over.
0: So Jessica's like, oh, I know what I'll do. Pretend to be Mexican.
1: There's no need for this. Yeah. I like- don't
0: know if it's <laughs> like a, a trying to be someone else, like... Because at first I was like, oh, like, she's going to pretend not to know English.
1: But then they talk. Yeah. So that's not even uh, relevant. Yeah. It's just like, basically what they're saying is that this teenage girl is like, oh, if I'm a gardener, I must be a Mexican man. Right. Which is incredibly racist and horrific.
0: Yeah. So Jessica's like, "Uh, I'm taquito. And... It is funny, though, that her father's like, yeah, it's my daughter's job to keep up with the lawn, but she never does it. And now she has to keep up with the lawn. Yeah. So she's doing the yard work, which she's actually doing. Like, I was surprised that mm-hmm. her character actually does the work and doesn't just, like, fuck around. Right. Um. So she's doing this yard work when he comes out and hands her a beer and, like, they sit on the stoop. And her father points to the beautiful yellow bug, and he's like, pretty nice, huh? And Jessica's like, it would have looked better in red. And he's like, huh, that's what my daughter said, too. And then he regales him with, like, his stories of him and his daughter who used to hang out on Sundays and play basketball together but now she has her own thing going on. Like, who can blame her? The whole family's falling apart. <laughs> and Jessica, her world is like rocked right now. Yeah. And her dad just keeps going on about how him and his wife don't even have sex anymore. And Jessica's like, that's so sad. Ay, ay, ay. Like, oh, God. <laughs> it's very shocking for her. And she's also like, trying not to react as a teenage girl Mm -hmm. and her dad is like you know i've tried everything i even did some manscaping down there to look like a porn star and then flashes his junk like he's just way too comfortable right now Yeah,
1: that's not a thing first of all that you should really do to anyone but especially not somebody who is your employee technically yeah it's like we're too many here when he first sits down he like farts in front yeah. of him. I hate this dad so much. Oh yeah. You are not getting a dilf nomination or oh, favorite parents not. nomination. C- neither one. <laughs> so he's like, you know, the sex
0: used to be wild and gives pretty graphic details and Jessica's like,
1: "All right, too much information." So we then get this montage of Jessica continuing with her yard work. That's when she notices, like, in her window, her little brother Booger wearing her clothes and jewelry and butterfly clips. They make eye contact, and she, like, points at him. And Booger is at first like, oh, my God, I've been caught. But then is like, wait, what? Like, why would this yard person care? Suspicious. Hmm. And then April and the girls pick Jessica up on the street and tell her that they've got a suspect. So the girls
0: go see Hildenberg in the chemistry lab and accuse her of doing some science <laughs> shit on Jessica and ask for the antidote. And I'm like, she's simply just in AP chemistry. Like, yeah. <laughs> You think that she, as Retribution, was like, I'm going to make a new scientific advancement mm-hmm. to get back at my enemy. Yeah. Yeah. And Hildenberg is like, it's physically impossible. I had nothing to do with this. Let's just say, if I believed you, why would I want to help you anyway? So Jessica begrudgingly apologizes to Hildenberg for humiliating her in front of the whole school and the visiting eighth graders. Mm -hmm. And she starts breaking down and she's like, you have no idea what it's like to wake up every morning and have to shave your chin. And Hildenberg is like yes i do and they like hug each other and cry together i did think it was nice that they reconciled and she yeah. like apologizes but i'm also like <laughs> you're still making her like the butt of the joke mm-hmm. even though they're friends now so yeah
1: it's like okay all right <laughs> you sure. win you win some you lose some with this movie but you, you lose like, a lot if,
0: for every <laughs> plus one there's a minus one though for you every know. plus
1: one, there's, like, a minus three, usually. Yeah. <laughs> so next they go to Eden, the goth girl, the witchy gal. And Eden says that, yes, she has put plenty of hexes on Jessica, like, to give her dandruff, to lose her hair, to make her boobs uneven. And then April laughs and is like, huh, I think you got me with that one. <laughs> I'm like, they're sisters, they're sisters, not twins. It's all fine. Everyone's got one that's a little bigger than the other. What do they say in Broad City? They say that about eyebrows. Yes. Sisters, not
0: twins. Cousins, even.
1: (laughs) So Eden says that there's some powerful cult magic at play here, like an ancient spell or voodoo or Santeria. And they're like, ooh, what's that? She says that Santeria is this Latin-based form of witchcraft. It originated in Africa before making its way to Cuba and Brazil. And then they're like, oh, Bianca. <laughs> Just The so one Hispanic racist. person they know. Yeah, they're like, she must be casting spells. So Eden says if she's a true practitioner of Santeria, then she'll have a scorpion tattoo on her back. So the girls decide to go to the dance club Instant Tang, where Bianca always hangs out and are so excited because tonight is ladies night and they all get in for free. Well, most of them. Yes.
0: So they go to the mall because we have to have a makeover montage scene and they try to make over Jessica so that Bianca will give her him her whatever a chance to dance on the dance floor and then they can find out if she has the tattoo so they try out all of the hairstyles of the backstreet boys before finally landing on howie's hair basically what jessica already freaking had
1: yep pretty, pretty much, much no exactly yeah which is the joke which i was like okay that's a little yeah. funny i like that they had the poster and they like crossed out her it out, yeah yeah
0: so, April is checking out Jessica's look and says she looks good, and they have like a little giggle.
1: April is feeling something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: then they go back to the milkshake place where Jessica tries to pull the flirty scam to get them for free. But the cashier is just extremely uncomfortable and he's like, That's going to be $8, please. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have to pay this time.
1: Yeah. So we go to Instant Tang. Jessica dances her way through the dance floor in her, like, low-waisted pants, flashes her over-21 wristband, and orders drinks for the whole group. And she gets, like, all these, quote-unquote, like, girly Sex drinks. on the beach.
0: Extra sugar on the rim. Yeah. Yum.
1: <laughs> and the bartender looks at Jessica with homophobia and Jessica's like, I will get a brewski. Actually, make make that a double brewski. S- meanwhile, across the bar, there's some guys that notice the group of girls with Jessica, and one of them with this disgusting, nasty, greasy ponytail. Yeah, wonders how a guy like him gets all the hot chicks. And I'm like, look at yourself. You look disgusting. Matt. <laughs> and his friend just goes, I got dibs on the dots, which is Hildenberg wearing basically like a twister matte dress. Yeah. Which is why he says the dots.
0: I thought it was cute. They really yeah. make her look super different from the other girls, though. Like she's never wearing like a mini skirt and a Y2K top.
1: Yeah. But I guess like same with Goth Girl. Like she also yeah. has her own style. Yeah. So Jessica and the girls are talking about how some cute guys are like across the bar and the bartender over here is talk like Jessica talking about a guy's sweet buns. And then she does this full like two minute long pivot being like, yeah, I wish they were women's breasts so I could squeeze the hell out of them, you know, put put a stake on them because that's (laughs) what guys do. And the bartender just walks away And that's when they notice Bianca on the dance floor. And Jessica says, I'll show her. This is my song.
0: Yeah. So April, Jessica, and Eden head to the dance floor. And Bianca notices April dancing with Jessica. So she pushes her out of the way so that she can dance with Jessica.
1: In what world are these girls clamoring to dance with Rob Schneider?
0: None. Yeah. No world. Mm Mm-hmm. Jessica is, like, disgusted by Bianca, you know, shaking her ass and, like, trying to dance with her. Um, but her shirt is, like, tucked into her pants, so she's, like, I can't see it. Meanwhile, Hildenberg is getting down with the guy who's, like, dibs on the one with the dots. And he's, like, right-hand red and she's, like, left-hand blue and, like, puts his hands on her butt. So she's having a good time.
1: Yeah. Go, Hildenberg. She's having the best yeah. time out of everyone.
0: Oh, Yeah. Meanwhile, Jessica's still dancing with Bianca, and she bends Bianca over. And like, they've all started dancing with other people, like around them. So these mm-hmm. other guys are like spinning their dates around, like ripping off their shirts. And mm-hmm. um, finally, Jessica gets to rip the back of Bianca's shirt off, and she's like,
1: "No tattoo." Actually, shreds
0: that shit. <laughs> shredded, shredded, just to strings. Mm-hmm. But now there's, like, a dance circle for Jessica, and she does her thing, and she, like, dances around the crowd. April is feelings and feelings. Mm -hmm. And then Jessica goes, I got to hit the little girls' room before I soak my panties. By that, I mean my girlfriend's panties, which I carry with me to pee in if I don't make it to the bathroom in time. Well, you don't pee in your girlfriend's panties. What kind of gay club is this? Hey, everybody, check out this guy not peeing in his chick's panties.
1: (laughs) I did laugh at that one, I will say. yeah.
0: I can't tell with the bartender if he is homophobic or if he is secretly gay.
1: Well, the implication at the end is that he's gay. Right. Yeah. Right. But at this point, it's reading as homophobia.
0: Right. They love to have a masculine man be, like, homophobic, but secretly gay.
1: Yeah, they love to they do They that. love that. Happy Pride Month, everybody. <laughs> Happy Pride Month.
0: <laughs> the other day, I was walking in, like, the Times Square area, mm-hmm. and um, Josh and I saw two men holding hands, and they were just the most buff men ever, like, looked like both of them spent real big hours in the gym. Yeah. And josh was like oh my god i've never seen like <laughs> i was gonna make him sound like he's gawking but like honestly it was just we were both like oh my god like that's so beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah but we we were both like oh my god we've never seen like two like like they weren't just fit they were super rich. right right um happy pride month
1: happy pride month everybody so to keep these good vibes going uh jessica goes into the bathroom <laughs> she, and jesus <laughs> doesn't <pride> of mine. <laughs> so she doesn't want to you know go in front of the bathroom attendant but like it's gonna be a long wait for the stall so Jessica asks the bathroom attendant if he'll at least like turn around and he does goes back to doing his thing while well, Jessica just like shimmies her pants down to like sit in the trough that's filled with ice and I'm like that makes me want to gag the thought of For touching sure. that ice in any way. Um, and then goes up to the attendant holding a chunk of ice, being like, Why is there ice in there? And the attendant is obviously grossed out because that's fucking disgusting. Then who comes in? But ponytail guy, he comes in to pee, and Jessica stands next to him and like glances down to figure out like how to pee standing up. And it's like, Wow, you're really good at that. You make it look so easy. And the ponytail dude is weirded out because somebody is yep, like why wouldn't staring either? at his dick um and jessica gets a little closer to get a good look and the dude asks why don't you just take a picture so jessica has to like pull out her dick and try to pee the attendant is like oh aim at something but it's just going everywhere and he says hold on to it not too tight but enough to let it know you're the boss It's It's such a a weird conversation. Yeah. And says, remember, if you shake it more than twice, you're playing with it. So (laughs) Jessica finishes up successful pee and goes to wash her hands. Thanks the attendant and gives him a kiss on the cheek before heading out.
0: Yes. So back in the club, Jessica meets up with the girlies and one of the guys hits on Eden and Jessica defends her. So it's a guy with a nasty greasy ponytail and he's like what are you They're pimp like and they're your hose. So Jessica slaps the shit out of him. But then the guy is like outside right now like let's fight. So they start kind of fighting but Jessica doesn't really know how to fight. So she like kind of does these like cat scratch gestures mm-hmm. and then decides to bite him. And that kind of fucks him up and then she kicks him jessica's actually like doing pretty well at the fight in this moment and then the guy ends up hitting jessica in the balls but eden is like thank you for defending me like now kick some ass and he throws the guy around rips off his ponytail
1: which are extensions oh yeah so is the implication that they're extensions i thought the implication was just that like through sheer strength he ripped his hair out
0: oh fuck i guess i thought they were extensions but i i don't even know at this point um i guess also the implication is that now because jessica's a man she has superhuman strength
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so that's that oh my god so yeah after <laughs> i think the little end cap to that scene is jessica saying something like your ends are totally split or something like that. Yeah. So we go to school and we see Jessica there with like a ton of cuts from shaving and basically her and April have concocted this plan for her to apply for like a job at the school. It's the only way she can be in school. Mm -hmm. So that's when she spots Jake, who we've never seen or heard of before. April's boyfriend, I guess starts walking up. So Jessica hides behind the locker and Jake and April share a kiss. And he's like, Oh, you didn't miss anything on the ski trip. He has like insane, like ski goggle sunburn. And April asks, what's up with the giant scarf that he's wearing? And he's like, Oh, you know, it's it's a little chilly in here. And she takes off the scarf and we see just a ridiculous amount of hickeys. On the so many net. hickeys and they're like it's looking raw like whoever uh. did that was there for a while because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of them and they are deep so jake is just kind of like uh oh, I'll, I'll see you later and walks off doesn't even try and give an explanation and jessica tells april she's so sorry and april's like yeah he like never even asked me to prom uh. Poor April. April. is a
0: really great girl. She
1: is. And she gets so mistreated by this dude. It makes me so sad.
0: Yeah. You made a great TikTok of April talking in an interview about this character where she's like – or sorry, Anna Ferris talking. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I feel like April's character like – is really drawn to Jessica when she turns into Clive because she's never been treated well by a man before, except maybe her dad. Yeah. And so, like, it is validating for her and comforting to have a man in her life who, like, genuinely cares about her.
1: Which is just so sad.
0: Yeah. But I love how Anna Faris, through the weeds of this, like, fucked movie, was like, I'm gonna hold on to this thought of, like... Yeah. ...a genuine connection instead mm-hmm. of just playing it, like... Yeah, it's all a comedy, nothing matters. Yeah, she she really is the only thing holding this movie down,
1: really, at For this real. point. For real.
0: I was actually, when I started watching, um, Josh was like, do you think Rachel McAdams is a good actress? And I was like, you know, now that you say it, like, I actually think she's good in comedic roles, but mm-hmm. I don't always like her in dramatic roles. Like, I don't think she's a really strong actress,
1: I don't know. I guess I haven't really seen a lot of her more dramatic work. I feel like I have mostly seen her, like, teen comedies or Mm -hmm. rom-coms. But I do really love her in About Time. I think she was great in that. Oh, is that When the Guy Disappears? No, that's The Time Traveler's Wife, which is a different movie where she plays the wife of a time traveler. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) I did like her
0: in True Detective, and that's Mm. a pretty dramatic role. But I, like, didn't love her in... What's the Christmas movie?
1: Oh, The Family Stone.
0: Yeah, I didn't really love her in The Family Stone.
1: I didn't mind her I didn't mind her performance. I don't like super care for her character, but Yeah. I think she did fine, but yeah, I'm interested to see Spotlight, which I feel like was her big critical rave. So, I would be intrigued to see that.
0: Is that the one where they uncover like the issue with the priests who are Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure she plays, like, one of the lead journalists who, like, Mm. broke the case. But yeah, after this scene, uh, April takes the the toilet paper and band-aids off of Jessica's face and tells her, like, go in there. You're going to kill it.
0: Yes. So Jessica has a meeting with VP Marjorie. And she, like, applies for this janitorial position, but the vice principal isn't convinced that she's qualified but Jessica's like you know I'm a struggling musician like to be honest with you I I really need this job and mentions that it all started in the high school honors band playing the tuba and Marjorie is just like very easily flattered and agrees to hire him and then she's like you just have to fill out the security form with your fingerprints so Jessica fingerprints the form
1: The way those fingerprints are so smudged, I'm like, you can't can't get a "Eh, reading eh, off "Eh, those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Jessica goes to the bathroom where, so Billy is like literally in a stall doing his business and Jessica peeks over the stall door and is like, Billy, we need to talk. And Billy is obviously freaked out by this grown man looking at him going to the bathroom. So he, you know pulls his pants up and goes out and is like what are you talking about and Jessica says I tried to call you on your ski trip and Billy's like that was you oh my god and walks (laughs) out and like all of these scenes with Billy are so weird to me because obviously Jessica knows she's not in her body and knows that Billy is seeing a man's like there's no logical reason for her to be like Well, let me go have a conversation with Let me have an intimate convo in the
0: restroom with my boyfriend who doesn't know who I am.
1: Yeah. Like, you're not even going to try and explain who you are first. You're just going to be like, we need to talk. Like, Go right into it. It doesn't make any logical sense. It's just for the gag of like, oh, this teenage boy is feeling super uncomfortable because he's being preyed on. And especially darker when we have that very dark undertone of him potentially being taken advantage of by somebody from the church when he was a kid. It's like, oh, so icky. It's gross, for sure. Meanwhile, we cut over to Clive for the first time, who's in Jessica's body, and we just see Clive running into a store and stealing tampons, being like, I gotta do what? So... We have that.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, the most throwaway shit ever. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah, Jessica's still alive. Like, the body of Jessica is still kicking. And it's her time of the month, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica's back at her gardening job. So, I'm like, she's busy. She got two full-time jobs going. Literally, <laughs> Jessica's like, I gotta go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Let me girl boss. You think being a man is all fun and games? I gotta go to fucking work. <laughs> so she's gardening and like the dog comes up to her and Booger notices how the dog like recognizes her and knows her, which is like not how dogs work at all. Like they operate off of scent. And obviously this man does not smell like Jessica, but whatever. Jessica's dad then throws the basketball at taquito. Just like, let's shoot some hoops. So they shoot some hoops. Dad is in the smallest shorts I've ever seen and uh, absolutely destroys Taquito on the court. And Jessica asks, oh, how are things with the missus? And he says, not good. Steals the ball. And Jessica asks him, when's the last time that you you even just kissed your wife? And he – this man is so gross. He's like, oh, kiss her? Or like, ah, kiss yeah, her. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a nasty man. Um, <laughs> but – Jessica basically says that it's when a woman is ignoring you that she wants you the most.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mr. Spencer says that Taquito must get a lot of enchilada. Yeah.
0: Jessica said something like um, she's like a waterfall, like ready to be released or yeah, something, something like
1: that. Poetic. Um, yeah. And then Taquito shoots the ball and scores, and we see Jessica's signature foot pop move. Which Mm -hmm. is clocked by Booger, I'm pretty sure. And then she, you know, dribbles around her dad on the right side and he's suspicious because he's like, how how did you know that I don't move so well to my right? Mm. Booger is watching through the window like he is noticing all of Jessica's traits. And then he sees a note on the fridge that Jessica is going to stay at April's place and so when their mom comes down and asks if he's seen Jessica because she hasn't talked to her all week. Right. Booger covers for her and is like, oh, you just missed her. She just left.
0: Booger's very intuitive. Mm-hmm. So back outside, Jessica's dad sits with Jessica slash Taquito and tells him it was a good game. And Jessica wants to tell him the truth. And he's like, there's something I want to tell you, but I can't. And... Her dad encourages him to tell him, and he's like, I'm not really a gardener. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know. Those roses look horrible. (laughs) And Takedo's like, you're the greatest dad in the world. Any kid would be lucky to have you as a father. And he's really touched by this. They hug, but Jessica's mom notices them with their arms around each other, and she like I don't know if she's, like, suspicious or if she's just, like, huh, weird. But she sees it
1: and reacts. Yeah. So we then go back to Eden, the girls. They are looking on the World Wide Web. Certainly. At some different mystical causes for body swaps. And they finally see a picture of the enchanted earrings online. They head back to the store where jessica stole the earrings and the store owner tells her that like this is some serious shit because first of all she stole them and they're like a genuine artifact can't imagine how expensive they actually would be if you did try to purchase them and she basically explains that princess nawa used the earrings to escape a marriage but she didn't know that she would have to bring the earrings back together and then she ended up like living her life out as a servant girl but also, mm-hmm. like even if she did bring the earrings back together, like she would still then just go back into her body and be married to the guy that she didn't want to be married right. to. Right? Like,
0: what was the long term plan there? Yeah,
1: I don't know. But there's something about how basically you have to bring the uh, the earrings together before the full moon is right. the gist of it.
0: And meanwhile, like hippie Adam Sandler is like like mm-hmm. as the story is being told. Yeah. So we get a montage again. Everyone is putting up flyers for the missing earrings. And we see uh, Hildenberg with the guy from the club. He He's like holding her on his shoulders. They're putting up flyers. We see Keisha's mom put up a flyer in her nail salon. Again, super racist. She like puts it on upside down. I'm like, this woman can speak English. Yeah. You don't think that she knows how to fucking read. Yeah. So... Then the ladies, including Jessica and Clive's body, all go to the football scrimmage and Jessica waves to Billy. He's like very thrown off and afraid and gets just sacked by his opponent.
1: This poor guy, man, he's just trying to like Billy gets live his life run
0: through the mud.
1: Yeah. His girlfriend disappears on him. Yeah, this older man who works at the school is harassing him. Right.
0: We should we should try to have like some sort of category for like sad sacks in our next. <laughs> oh no. Um, Stardustle. Like,
1: yeah. The fucking
0: forlorn king. Kings award. who deserved
1: better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Sad boy award. Yeah. So we go to the locker room where Jessica again, is waving at Billy who's just trying to live his fucking life and he gets freaked out. And Jake, you know, talks to Billy, asks about Jessica and Billy is just like, I don't know what's going on. I thought everything was fine, but now I haven't heard from her. I don't know what's going on. And Jake says, that's why you need a spare. April is my spare. I'm like, you're Ugh. disgusting. Um, this yeah. guy also plays like another super disgusting womanizing teen in um the movie fired up if you've seen that
0: no i haven't oh wait yes i have it's the um cheerleading
1: yes yeah Yeah. so jessica who is you know cleaning the locker room hears this and can't contain herself and just goes asshole and they look at her and she's like whoever left these towels sitting here is an asshole anyways (laughs) So Jake tells Billy that he needs to find a new girl, like who's gonna be the hottest girl at the prom. And she probably has some hot friends who will put out on like that cold fish Jessica. And then Jessica yells, I hate that term. I "I hate it. It's abhorrent. I hate that word or term, I guess. And Jessica yells, Go to hell. Whoever left these showers on, go to hell. Billy says that Jessica isn't a cold fish. She's amazing and he loves her. And like, I know that she thinks I only want to have sex with her, but it's not about that. And when the time comes, I want it to be perfect. And then Jake goes, that's the gayest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, fellas, is it gay to love a woman? Is that the implication? Is it gay to love and cherish a woman?
0: (laughs) Fellas, please leave a comment. Mm. Is it gay to love a woman? Yeah. It's the shortest thing I've ever heard, yeah. honestly.
1: <laughs> and then Billy says that you know, he loves Jessica. She's the only person who makes his heart beat faster and slower at the same time. Aww. And he's not really living unless he's with her. He's just existing until he can hold her in his arms again. Oh and my god. Like, oh my God. He's such a sweet, sensitive boy. He's truly in love with her. Yeah. Which is why
0: I'm like, why didn't we why? get to see this in the first scene he's introduced? Why
1: do they paint him out to be like such a dick in the first
0: scene? Right. Like, why can't they just have him even if he has a line where it's like we can go we don't have to sleep together i just want to hold you in my arms or like yeah. some shit like that
1: i guess like the point is is that jessica can't see this because she just assumes he only wants like we're seeing it from her pov i guess yeah i'm sure uh but, yeah i'm Rob sure they thought, that thought about there. it that deeply. <laughs> so Jessica, who is still listening to this, is, like, very moved and and crying. Because, I mean, I would, too, if I overheard somebody talking about me like that. And yeah. Jake, his great response to this is, I think he just goes, gay, 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 gay. And I'm like, once again, fellows, is it gay to love a woman? Right. Right. I'd I be asking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jessica tears up and then just goes... Someone shit in the locker, Yeah, <laughs> which was I like, I'll give you that Rob Schneider. That one was funny. That was funny. That one was funny.
0: So we cut back to Jessica in uh, her bedroom as taquito digging around under the bed when Jessica's mom comes in and she's like, oh, hey, can I help you? And Taquito's like, oh, I am looking for my earring that fell into the mower and ricocheted into the bedroom through the open window. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, what a tall tale. Mm-hmm. So Jessica's mom's like, oh, I always liked a man wearing earrings. Why don't you come downstairs for some lemonade? <laughs> and she sits him down and has made this meal with, like, a Mexican flavor.
1: Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a quesadilla or something, or like. It's yeah. like
0: quesadilla with something and jalapenos. It's like the national dish of Mexico. She's like, clearly put some thought into it. Yeah. And Jessica tries it, but it's very spicy and she starts choking. And Carol laughs. And Jessica's like, It's been so long since I've heard you laugh since I was hired here. <laughs> and Carol just. Springs across the table and tries to make out with Taquito, her Ugh. daughter, and I couldn't help but in this moment look at her beautiful clogs. She's wearing <laughs> just some amazing clogs. I did see that. Oh my gosh, I didn't clog like, them. Did you to, get those? I'll have
1: to take a look.
0: Yeah, but Taquito slash Jessica is like, stop. Like, I don't, and basically says that she likes men,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Jessica's mom's like, you like men? And she's like, yeah, of course. And then they have this earnest heart to heart, and Taquito is like, you are desirable, and you have a husband who's dying to be with you. And she's like, he said that? And she's like, I cleaned up the language a little, but yes, yeah. <laughs> and Carol is really surprised to hear this, and Takeda is like, I know. Let's go upstairs. Let's paint your toenails, and I can wash your hair. And she's so touched by this. Carol is thrilled and she's like, oh, you know, my daughter used to do these things for me. But, you know, now she's, like, busy. And Takito's like, I'll make up for that right now. And they jump off in (laughs) excitement. It was a really sweet moment.
1: Yeah. So they go upstairs and Richard, Mr. Spencer, he hears, like, something, some noise coming from the bathroom. So he walks in to see jessica as taquito like scrubbing carol's back in the bathtub and Mm -hmm. obviously this it's not looking good right not great so he's like carol how could you do this in our own home and taquito tries to explain he was just scrubbing and carol's like trying to explain that he's gay but richard just kicks him out and carol's like it's not what you think and he says it's my own fault and then takes her in his arms and you know, they fall into the ravishes towel, but, her. Yeah, you you can fill in the blanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Back in April's room, April is painting Jessica's toenails and Jessica just laments the cheer competition and prom and says that when everything was going very well, she took it for granted. But April does console her and she's like, you know, I have been having fun though. And she's like, Oh, really? Then Jake calls April, and he is like, hey, I have a half hour after wrestling. I can either take a shower or come over.
1: Yeah, let me take my sweaty, disgusting torso and hang it over you for 30 minutes. Disgusting.
0: So April looks dismayed, but looks like she's going to accept the proposition because she feels like she doesn't have any better options. Yeah. But – Jessica answers the phone as a man and is like, hey, Jake, uh, she's with me right now. And she said, my dick is bigger if I fold it in half. (laughs) Like, ha ha, look at me. Mm. But it's pretty good. April is clearly, like, really stoked that she's defending her. And it gives her, like, a boost of confidence. And April is like, I thought I was really in love and asks how – you know, if you're in love.
1: And Jessica says that she thinks it's when you find someone you can really be yourself with and share anything. And April says, like, best friends. And Jessica says, love is when you can't imagine what your life would be like without the other person. When words don't come close to how your heart really feels. And even though it doesn't make sense to other people, you know, you're meant to be together. And April continues on saying, and you spend all night thinking about him. And in the morning, you've never felt more rested. And it's like you have to grab onto something because it seems like your whole body is going to float away. And clearly, April is having some feelings for Jessica. And April suggests that maybe they go to prom together. Mm. And Jessica's like, oh, my God, I love that idea. It's going to make Jake so jealous. Which is not why April asked.
0: Yeah. So we cut to Billy just crying in the car, (laughs) listening to this sad, sad music. It's raining outside Mm -hmm. when he spots Jessica walking down the street in the rain. And he gets out and just professes his love to her. And he's like, I'd do anything for you. And Clive is like, how much money you got on you? And he's like, uh, I, I only have $40. And she's like, is that your car? And he's like, it's my dad's car. Like, you know this. And he, she's like, give me the keys, which he does readily. Yeah. She, like, asks for his name again. And he's like, Jessica, Billy. it's me, Billy. Like, And she's like, take it easy, Bobby, and drives off. But... Turns around and, and he he's thinks like, that uh, she just yeah, like, with she's with me she's just messing with me. Fucking almost hits the man <laughs> oh before driving off. Poor Billy, dude, I feel so bad.
1: Billy is like
0: really going through the ringer in this. I can movie. only
1: imagine, and it's been like five days. <laughs> like he's gone through so much in the past five days. Yeah. Emotional roller coaster. Yeah, he's like laying in the on the ground in the rain doing his little like kisses. He's like, oh, forget it. Yeah, doing his little (laughs) So we go to the cheer competition. It's regionals, and they are going up against their rivals, the foxes, and they're like, oh, she's hispanic it's gonna be a whole like spanish themed number where like they have roses in their hair like like the salsa dancer emoji like embodied or flamenco i don't even know to be honest so that's happening and the vice principal asks april where jessica is and april says don't worry She'll be here and right on cue Mm -hmm. in comes Jessica in the mascot uniform. So she has like the the bee head like mask on. The bee mask with
0: the the bee movie. Yeah. Um (laughs) with like gigantic fake boobs.
1: And this fake giant stinger thing on her ass. Yeah. She like looks out into the crowd before the routine where she sees a heartbroken Billy. And Jake is like, oh, look, look, there's Jessica. I'm like, how Mm -hmm. could you possibly identify that that is Jessica? (laughs) But whatever. And Billy looks at her and Jessica does their little signature kiss arrow thing. And he does it back. And he's like, she does love me. So things are looking up for Billy for one brief moment. For but a bit. For (laughs) but a tiny fleeting moment. For about two minutes and 30 seconds, the length of this Mm -hmm. routine. So the honeybees perform we also see that hildenberg and is like in the she's in the squad now yeah fully and like eden is cheering them on their routine is great like jessica is fucking break dancing and yeah <laughs> doing all these stunts because you can only do that when you're in a man's body according to this mm-hmm. film at the end of the routine like jessica is on top of the pyramid but she does lose her balance and the mascot head falls off and reveals uh. Clive's <gasps> face. Um, Billy immediately throws up on the ground because this adult man is stalking him, clearly. He throws up out of like disgust and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor boy. He's really going through it. So at the end of the competition, the judge tells the crowd that according to the rule book, School employees are allowed to be mascots. So the honeybees to that. win regionals. <gasps> Whoa. Very exciting. They all hug the foxes. Bianca pissed off. Jessica looks over at Billy, who's leaving. But what does she see? <gasps> Bianca going up to this poor sad boy and vulnerable man. Yeah, comforting him, flirting with him, and Billy looks back sadly at Clive as he walks away with Bianca.
0: Yeah. I did like that they won regionals. Like I yeah. did think it was clever. Yeah. So back at home, Hildenberg is practicing, I think she's like a flute or clarinet, and she's having a little snack, um, and sees a news story about the hot chick bandit, a beautiful woman who has been luring men into alleyways and beating them up and stealing their money.
1: Oh, yeah. She's eating a sandwich. It looks really good because I remember being like, that sandwich looks great. (laughs) Yeah. Also, this news story, I never caught this when I watched this as a kid, obviously, but so the guys that they're interviewing – He's like, oh, yeah, we saw this woman in an alley. It looked like she needed help. So, like, I went to offer her help and then she started beating me up. Luckily, my buddy over here, good guy that he is, he was behind a Had dumpster a with a video camera. And I'm like, oh, my fucking yeah. God, that is yeah. so dark. Yes, yes. They have are their predators. Yeah. So I'm so, like, she's a vigilante, actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A bit of a Robin Hood in our midst. Mm-hmm. So we see this news story continue and Hildenberg calls up April and she's like, I think I found Cheska's body in the alley of a bar, but we need to move fast because the police are already looking for it. And April's <laughs> mom hears this whole voicemail while she's like a dusting a ceiling fan or something and just falls off the ladder, but not onto the floor. She falls off the ladder and like they have um, basically a balcony on the mm-hmm. upper floor and just Falls to the ground floor. It's a a
1: long fall. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She doesn't die, but it's a long fall. It would cause some critical injuries. So we go back to the Spencer house. Jessica goes into her room where she sees that her mom has laid out her prom dress and her shoes. She looks at them and Booger hears some crying coming from Jessica's room. So he goes in to see Jessica in Clive's body like, wearing the prom dress and just sobbing on her bed. Aw. And he goes up, and he's like, Jessica? So he knows it's his sister, and she cries. She's like, you know it's me, and he accepts her for who she is. He's like, I knew it was you, and they hug. It's a very sweet moment. I'm like, Booger yeah. is the best person in this movie, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a sweet soul. Yeah. And they. I think that's a really <sighs> – I give props to this scene alone of, like, him being like, I accept you as you are. Mm -hmm. And she takes this moment to really accept him as well. Yes. Oh, that was nice. (laughs) So, like, shockingly, shockingly not transphobic. Shockingly, out of all the things Mm -hmm. that this movie is, it's not that. Yeah. So then we go to prom where Keisha is talking to the Maori twins and her mom comes up to her dressed in like a track suit and like bling it as like this like rapper hip hop b- black culture amalgamation yeah and she's like hey ling ling like i brought you some bling and keisha is just like mom stop embarrassing me But she's like, I'm trying to meet you halfway. It's a horribly thought-out scene. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they make this actress say the N-word in this scene. Yes, correct. And she leaves. But the Maori twins are like, hey, if you don't want her, like, I'll take her. You know, my mom isn't offering me bling. And that's, like, the best that we can get from this scene is, like, Keisha needs to stop being embarrassed of her mom. Mm -hmm. So... Then we immediately cut away to that. Like, we fucking are like, okay, nice. (laughs) And we see April and Jessica arrive at the prom, and Jessica's like, do I still have a chance at prom queen? And April just sweetly is like, no.
1: Also, April is wearing Jessica's prom dress. Yeah. She gave it to her.
0: Mm -hmm. Then in the parking lot, Keisha does meet up with her mom, and she apologizes but asks her why she keeps embarrassing her. And her mom tells her she's not embarrassed of her, she's embarrassed of herself, before driving away in, like, a rigged car that's, like, bouncing to the um, base of the music.
1: Yeah. So they're like, we'll get one little heartfelt (laughs) moment in there, and then we'll undercut it with, like, a little joke that's – Racist,
0: And I'm like, why did you have to undercut? Like, it's just too much. Like, even if there was this scene, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't being a caricature of, like, what she thinks a black person is, I guess. If she just came in and was like, oh, like, you forgot your lipstick or your bag or whatever. And then they had this moment. It would have actually been nice. Yeah.
1: But no, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. So we go back to April's house where April's mom gets a call from Carol, Mrs. Spencer, and asks if Jessica got ready there, and she's been spending the whole week there. And April's mom is like, no, Jessica didn't get ready here, and she hasn't been here all week. And she, you know. <laughs> her mom is freaking unwell. The The gears are turning. She tells her husband, like, I knew something was going on with April and Jessica. I'm going to get down to the bottom of this. And I'm pretty sure he's, like, painting, like, a model plane or something. And he Certainly. basically says, if you ruin April's night, I will have you put away. And <laughs> April's mom is like, fine, I'll do it myself. So she gets in her car, guns it down the driveway, immediately crashes into a mail truck. Immediate she yeah. like vrooms it Directly back down the driveway. Into the truck. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. So back at prom. Jessica brings April outside, and she's like, we're in the perfect spot. Jake will pass right by here, and he'll be super jealous. But April tells her, she thinks, well, let's just do the scene, shall we? <laughs> All right. Who do you want
1: to be? Uh, I don't know. I'll be
0: April. Okay.
1: I think this is a good spot. Jake's got to come right by here.
0: I really don't care about Jake anymore.
1: You shouldn't. He's a jerk.
0: There's no one I'd rather be with here tonight.
1: Me either. Me either. April, you look so beautiful tonight. No one has ever been there for me like you have.
0: You've always been there for me.
1: Any guy would be so lucky to have you as their girlfriend. And I should know, I've been a guy for almost a week now. And in that time, you've been such a good friend to me. And I don't know how I could ever thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica and April kiss, and Jake walks by with not Jessica Simpson Ashley Simpson, Ashley Simpson <laughs> and gets super jealous that April is kissing the janitor Clive. yeah the janitor <laughs> who's somehow been led into prom yeah who's like 40 years old sure i think he's supposed to be 30 i think they say later on it's like you're a 30 year old guy billy says that's that. a
1: rough that's a rough 30 <laughs> yeah yeah
0: for sure so afterwards april Well, they kiss. He gets jealous. And then Jessica says something like, I'm so lesbian right now. And April kisses Jessica again and confesses her love for her. And Jessica's like, April, you don't need me or any guy to make you feel beautiful or special. You're the greatest girl in the whole world. You're all you need. And April's like, I can't help it. And they hug. And... That's when the vice principal sees Jessica, checks the printout of the mugshot that she got earlier. Oh,
1: yeah. Because the, basically the background check came back like this is a criminal. Yes.
0: <laughs> right. And she like runs inside. And Jessica asks April if they're not going to let this get in the way of their friendship. And then spots Billy with Bianca.
1: Again, there's not really any like homophobia here. There's no – she's just like – Yeah, it's a really sweet moment. She's just like, oh, I don't feel the same way and like, you're great. Brist will still be besties. It's all good. Right. Yeah.
0: So she says if she's stuck like this, then Billy will just have to accept her as she is a man. Meanwhile, Eden tells Lulu that she thinks she knows who's in Jessica's body And Hildenberg comes in and she's like, and I think I know where we can find her. So they decide to make a little plan, and Hildenberg goes back inside and tries to distract Vice Principal Marjorie and the police from arresting Clive slash Jessica.
1: Yeah, by distract, it's just dance in their way so they can't get past you. Throw her butt in her Vice Principal's face. Yeah, throw that ass ass in a circle and. Yeah, throw that ass in a circle. (sighs) so meanwhile outside jessica goes to confront billy and tells him i am jessica and i think that bianca tries to be like get away from my man and jessica like headbutts her and knocks her out just immediately knocks her out i'm like cool more violence against women love um (laughs) (laughs) so She keeps trying to convince Billy and says, I know, like, if I touch you there, it'll make your whole leg tingle. And he's really freaked out, obviously. And she's like, remember, after, like, you won this game, we went behind the scoreboard. And then she, like, whispers into his ear everything that they did. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, just close your eyes and you'll know it's me. And Billy, like, is on the verge of tears and he does close his eyes and jessica is about to go in and kiss him Mm -hmm. but he's like no i can't do it like this is (sighs) too much because like i don't blame him for not believing in magic right
0: Right. but even if he did believe in magic it's like he is not attracted to her anymore. Yeah. Which isn't the sole basis. Uh, the reason why you should date someone. But it is part of the reason he's attracted to her. Right.
1: And also this is an adult man. He's a teenager. It's weird on a lot of yeah. levels. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair for anyone to be like. Well Billy's just homophobic. Like, no. Right. <laughs> it's not
0: that at all. And he never says anything about like. No. That. He's just like. I cannot do this. Like yeah. this isn't it.
1: Mm-hmm. So Billy runs off and all the girls leave to find Jessica's body and we see Jessica's family getting into a police car to go and find Jessica because they probably saw her on the news, uh, including Booger in heels. And I think the dad is like, oh, if you're going to wear the heels, make sure you can walk in them or something like that. So they're chill with it.
0: Yeah. He's like shuffling away. Yeah. Um. So we cut to a strip club and Jessica as – or like Jessica's body. Clive, yeah. Clive inside is on the pole doing – you know, working. And the ladies confront her and she sees Clive, like her body, and tries to run away. But the other ladies like stop her on the stage and – Clive and Jessica sit down and Jessica's like I want my body back and they talk and she's like oh I'll make you a deal like let me work tonight like let me just make at least $500 and then you know we can switch back and I can borrow it on weekends to pay off some gambling debt (laughs) and Jessica leans over and just strangles her and the bouncer comes over and is like whoa 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 no strangling, like, look at the sign. And we cut over to the sign. It's like, no strangling the dancers. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't do it again, or you're out of here. So, again, violence against women. Love. Love, living, laughing, violence against women.
1: <laughs> so, then who walks into the strip club? But Jake and Billy. Because I don't even know why they're there. I guess Jake is just like, I want to go to a strip club. Because his date like left him because he spilled his drink all over Ashley Simpson. And she was like, ugh. Ah. And obviously Bianca is sure. fucking knocked out somewhere. Um, left for dead. And they went to a strip club. So Billy's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And Jake sits down at like one of the tables and s- sees you know, a stripper across the way. So he's like, hey, sweetheart. She turns around. It's Jessica. And he's like, holy shit, Jessica. Like, this is where you've been? I want to dance from you. So mm. Jessica, a.k.a. Clive. This is Clive that's doing this, like, gets up, starts dancing for Jake. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut over to Adam Sandler, who is at this strip club uh, talking to a stripper. He asks where she keeps her weed, and she whispers – In his ear, and he's like, "Oh, cool! I don't have one of those." So presumably, it's her vagina, where she's keeping Mm -hmm. her weed. That was a really necessary scene, Mm -hmm. I think. Nature's talking to bring his character
0: back in. Yeah, Yeah. nature's (laughs) talking. It's funny when they did it
1: on Broadway, but it's it's not funny here. (laughs) Yeah, it's not funny here. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jessica. Puts the earrings in and well, as she's like about to put the earring in, she sees April like teary eyed over losing Spence, which is the Aww. the name that Jessica has been going by. And it is really sad because once again, like April has never been treated well by a man. And like this is the first time that she's had any sort of relationship with somebody who looks like a man who has treated her like a person and like cared about her and been respectful so of course it makes sense that she would develop these feelings because she gets Mm -hmm. treated like shit but
0: it's so hard for teenage girls to be respected because it's like in like socially amongst people at school like Mm -hmm. you want to be perceived as beautiful and like obviously also intelligent but like it's
1: there's a social currency to it, yeah.
0: Right, and so you want to be perceived as, like, beautiful, but then guys who are, like, horny and stupid are, like, oh, yeah, like, she's hot. But then adult men also don't respect you because you're a teenager, mm-hmm. and they doubly don't respect you because a lot of men have trouble respecting women in general. Yeah. And then it's, like, it feels like as a, a teenager, as a woman, like, you're just fucked.
1: Yeah, there's no winning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she's very teary-eyed, and she says, Goodbye, Spence. We'll always be best friends forever. And April mm-hmm. puts the other earring in Jessica's ear. Then who comes into the strip club? But Jessica's parents and Booger, mm-hmm. with the police, and <laughs> they run into Billy as he's coming out of the bathroom, and he's like, oh, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Spencer, Booger, good to see you. And they're just staring at him, and he looks around, and he goes... This isn't the prom, which I thought was cute. Yeah. Oh, this isn't isn't the prom. prom. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) So Jessica and April wait to see if, you know, Jessica will transform back into her body, but nothing yet. Mm -hmm. We then cut over to Clive, who is still on the pole, shaking that thing for Jake until gradually she turns back into Clive making Jake run away in disgust. And another customer is like, I'll take a lap dance. And Clive realizes he's back in his male body.
0: And this other customer is an actor from The Sopranos. Oh, whoa. Well, yeah, super random. They're but- just like,
1: hey, get on set. <laughs> yeah, get out, get over here. Yeah. So Clive tries to run out because, you know, he's practically dick out, wearing a bra and panties. And then the owner of the club, like, grabs him by the neck and is like, hey, can't you read? Monday night (laughs) is gay night. And we look over at the neon sign on the wall saying Monday night is gay night. Yeah, surprisingly, again, no one's homophobic. Yeah, very inclusive strip club that we have going on here. So Jessica is back in her body. Mm -hmm. Her and April hug and all the girls come over and they celebrate, giggle and delight. Yeah.
0: So outside the club, they arrest Clive and Richard is like, taquito?
1: Somehow the cops are no longer trying to arrest Jessica. Right. For beating up men and robbing them in alleys. I don't know. Whatever. It never explained.
0: <laughs> and Booger sees that Jessica is herself again, and she makes a little, like, knowing gesture to him. And Billy comes up to Jessica, and she's like, let me try to explain, like, da da And he's like, nothing matters. You know, I'll even find a way to get over your new job at the strip club. And God bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, God bless him. And she puts his hand on her heart. Yeah, she puts his hand on her heart, and she's like... Do you feel that? Like, you're the only boy who makes my heart beat faster and slower at the same time. Oh. Yeah. And the guy who went in the alley to help the mm. hot chick bandit is like, I'm not pressing charges. <laughs> and April and Clive make eye contact. And I'm like, April, April. <laughs> dear God, woman. Get away from him. <laughs> please. Please. And Clive actually escapes from the police car because yeah. no one's attending it. Mm-hmm. Then the bouncer tries to make Jessica get back in to like finish her shift. But her parents <laughs> are like, the only place she's going is home with me and my wife. And he's just like, what kind of a place do you think I'm running? I'm just having, I'm running a nice clean strip club and no strangling, gay night on Monday night. Like, who do you think I am? Yeah,
1: I totally did not get this joke as a kid obviously that he's like she's not a yeah, sex worker. The fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, our final scene, we cut over to graduation. Keisha is valedictorian and she makes a speech embracing her heritage of being half black and half Korean. And then her parents yell from the audience. They're like, "Don't forget, you're also a quarter Jewish." And her dad is like, "Shalom." I think this is like "Mazel Tov." Yeah, and, and then she's she like, "Shalom." Shalom. Yeah. <laughs> so they threw that in there. And sure. um, meanwhile, Clive, who is running around in his brown panties and handcuffs, stops a car to help him. He gets in the back of the car. Is like, "Oh man, thanks so much." Who's the driver? The bartender from Instant Tang. Yeah. And he shoots Clive a smile and locks the door, and we drive away. And who knows? The end. Who knows what happens, but the implication is looking a little predatory. Certainly.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, that's the hot chick.
0: (laughs) That's the hot chick. Wow. So many things are wrong with this film, Mm. and- at the end of the day, too, like, scary movie is also just like a super brazen film, but it's right. funny.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is that, like, this movie just isn't very funny to me. Right. So I'm just kind of like, and I, again, like, like I said before, I have to wonder who the target audience is because it doesn't feel like the jokes are really geared at like teenage girls. Yeah. But I don't feel like a lot of dudes are going to watch this movie.
0: It kind of feels like a movie you'd go to as like a high schooler with your girlfriend, right? Or like early early twenties, like twenty twenty one. Well, I guess
1: initially the movie was actually a lot like raunchier. Oh, really? But they took out a lot of scenes so that it wouldn't have an R rating. They want it to be PG thirteen for like you know box office reasons. So. I'm like, God, what was in the
0: other movie? The other
1: movie. But apparently if you had the DVD, like they have all of those more R-rated deleted scenes and also an alternate ending.
0: Yeah. Someone let us know what's in the alternate ending. But I'm
1: like, you should have just gone for like the R rating then and had this more so geared towards adults then, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that he just needed to write a different movie or not write one at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there are are other body swap comedies that I enjoy and that are good. Freaky Friday. This isn't one of them. And, like, it also made me think about, uh, which isn't really, like, a body swap comedy so much, but 17 again, when Zac Efron plays young Matthew Perry. Like, Mm -hmm. he spent a lot of time, like, with Matthew Perry trying to get his mannerisms down. So it felt like this was the same character. And it doesn't feel that way at all in this movie.
0: Yeah, not at all. For the things that I did enjoy about the movie, they just don't outweigh the things I didn't like. No. So for that reason I'll have to chop you.
1: Yeah like <laughs>
0: <laughs> for it's that just reason not a you are film. the weakest link.
1: Yeah. Right. Like I don't think I'll watch this movie again. Yeah I don't I don't really see myself like choosing to sit down and watch this movie again. Luckily I watched it on Tubi so I didn't oh, pay for it. There you go. I watched it yeah. on it was on Disney Plus here in Canada. Um yeah. But yeah just like the rampant racism super blatant racism yeah it's very it's very hard to to stomach and the jokes just they didn't land they weren't funny the slapstick humor is just like not well done and it's a lot of just like women getting their shit rocked yeah like it would have
0: been I needed the jokes to be funnier I needed there to be no racism Mm -hmm. the touching parts needed to be more apparent. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just too many, again, too many things wrong with it. I just, and the acting wasn't strong. Anna Faris, amazing job. I loved the posse of Friends. Yeah. But, like, Rob Schneider shouldn't have been the lead. No. Like, I even feel like if it was um a- Andy Samberg, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm.
1: Adam Sandler. Yes, Adam <laughs> Sandler
0: would have been a better lead.
1: Yeah, I I agree for sure. Yeah. Just it wasn't it wasn't it for me,
0: wasn't it for me either.
1: But I'm glad we covered it. Yeah,
0: it's been in the queue for a minute. And some some movies are winners, and some
1: movies are losers. And this is a loser. <laughs> it's a loser. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we we always try to approach movies that we do with good faith, even if it's ones that we don't necessarily like. And like as we mentioned, there yeah. are some some great moments in here, but just it's so outweighed by the bad ones, unfortunately. Um, but that being said, what are you rating this one?
0: I am going to rate it a five because I feel like it's very no, I'll give it a four actually, yeah, because it did the negatives for me outweighed the positives, and i'll I'm giving it like a four because of Anna Ferris um, I liked the touching parts between Jessica and booger. Mm-hmm. I thought those were nice scenes. And I did love like the posse, like the general idea of the movie sounds good, but in practice the way it was made is bad.
1: Yeah, the execution wasn't it. Um, right, right. Yeah, I was gonna give it like a 3.54. And similarly, yeah. like my my positive points go to Anna Ferris, to Billy, honestly. I really <gasps> Yeah, was, Matthew Lawrence did yeah, a good job. He's good. I just feel so bad for his character. What a tumultuous week of his life. But, yeah, there was just so many things that didn't land or that were just super fucked up mm-hmm. that I couldn't give it higher than a four. Yeah, I hear you. Well, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you did want to watch this movie yes. in the U.S., you can watch it on Tubi for free with ads.
1: Yep, yeah, or you can watch it on Disney Plus here in Canada. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want Mm -hmm. a little more from us and maybe like a better movie to watch, you can head over to our Patreon where we did Bend It Like Beckham this month.
0: Yeah. You can satiate uh, your good movie desire Mm -hmm. over there. Yes. Until next week.
1: (laughs) And if you want a little extra content from us, you can always follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod.
0: You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod, and you can always send us a good old fashioned email at movies that raised us at gmail.com.
1: And we will see you next week for another movie. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.